This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I think a hero is an ordinary individual who finds strength to persevere and endure in spite of overwhelming obstacles. Superman. He actually thinks that she is going to ask to do the JMT. Well, she's well, she, she already wants. She to asked it. to yeah. do. She asked to yo-yo the PCT. And yeah. said, you, you better find a friend to do that for yeah. you. Yeah. She's going to be asking to do the JMT in the next couple of years, but we're going to have to get her pack weight up because we're going to have to get ours down to to carry that. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, let's get to this week's guests. Similar to last week's guest, our guests today also crossed paths with me out in the Sierras, but I was awake when it happened this time. I knew from our brief, our brief encounter and conversation that I needed to have them come on the podcast and share their stories. So welcome to the pod, Brandon, Jennifer, and Maggie Bruff. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. How are you guys doing tonight? 
we're doing good. We are recovered since we saw you out on the trail. <laughs> it's been a couple of weeks and we're getting back to our normal life. Maggie started first grade uh, four days after we got off Mount Whitney. So. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Fantastic. What a, what a wonderful way to end the summer. And that yeah. last day coming off of Whitney and heading down, did you guys go into Whitney Portal? Yep. We did. She did 16 miles that day because of the smoke. So yeah. And we didn't want to sleep in it, so we just decided to do seven extra miles. Seven extra miles, yeah. Just for the fun of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Very and, good. And Matt and Maggie were our friend. Um, and they shared a campsite for us to eat dinner. Yeah. We ate our lunch. I mean, that was actually our late lunch. Yeah, we ate lunch before we headed down to Whitney Portal because it was a long 16-mile day. Okay. Yeah. Now, I introduced you as Brandon, Jennifer, and Maggie, but I know at least one of you has a trail name. Do all three of you have trail names? Only me. Only you. And and Maggie, what is your trail name? Superhero. Superhero. Who, who, gave, you, who gave you that trail name? <laughs> um, so... When we were going on the um, Glen Pass, going down from Glen Pass. On, on the Relix Loop. Mm-hmm. Um, someone said, I'm going to give you a trail name, and um, he named me Superhero. Okay. And at this point, I think it'd be important to point out to our listeners out there who may not be tuning into uh, the YouTube video, how old are you, Superhero? Six. Six years old. And how long have you been hiking? Also, on here. How, how long have you been hiking? I've been hiking for, um, I think, since I was two or three. Okay. She was 15 or 16 months on her first backpacking trip. Yep. Okay. So you, you got an early start. And you know what? One day you're going to thank your parents because uh, getting, getting this exposure to the outdoors and having fun like this, that is a, a setting you up for a lifetime of, of out, the outside adventure. Yep, exactly. You did the, she did the tour de Mont Blanc when she was three and uh, Ray Lake Sloop and then went from there. So it's been a, quite a resume for a kid who's only six. Nice. Now, have you guys listened to the podcast before? We have. Yeah. Okay. So you guys are familiar with a regular feature that we do called the Pro Tip Inside of the Week. And that's uh, towards the end of the of the episode, I will turn to you and ask you, you know, what bit of wisdom can you share with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better? So don't be surprised when we get there. And you know what? I will pull each of you so you can have each have your own separate pro tip. Okay. All right. Okay. And hey, another feature we've been doing this season is the must bring gear review sponsored by the ultralight backpacking gear company, Outdoor Vitals. And here's how it works. If you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So guys, what is your must-bring piece of gear? And we can start with any one of you, including uh, Superhero. She wants to tell us her favorite piece of camping equipment out there. What's your favorite thing to bring on a backpacking trip? Astronaut ice cream. Astronaut ice cream. Freeze-dried ice cream. Okay. Very <laughs> important to have some astronaut ice cream out there. Yes. Our, our, our snack game is, is strong. <laughs> okay. What other snacks do you bring? I like bring chocolate. And um, another one is I had Twinkies on the second night and Ding Dongs on the third. Twinkies and Ding Dongs. 
I think yeah. those were first time she had ever had either of those things. Yeah. So her gear all involves sugar, but that's, you know, important. <laughs> and I also had a stoop waffle. So there's this really, really, really dusty forest um, with almost all of them were burnt trees. Mm-hmm. And I just stopped on a rock and ate a stroop waffle. Stroop waffle. Honey stinger waffles. Yes. Yep. Yeah, all, uh, all of those snacks, that helps you get through the hard parts. It does. Yeah. And we shared a campsite with Matt and Maggie, and I got to play chess. Lots of shout outs for Matt and Maggie. Okay. Uh, my piece of gear would be earplugs. I don't sleep without earplugs on the trail at all. And I don't think it's something that someone would ever think to put in my bag. But if I don't have it, I don't sleep. And if I don't sleep, I get grumpy and I don't hike well. So uh, earplugs, they're lightweight. They're easy to fit in and um, important for me. And Brendan, we all know that if, if, if the wife isn't happy, nobody's happy. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, when we went on our first backpacking trip together is, was in Colorado. Um, she woke up the, the first night and said she didn't sleep. I said, well, you know, we climbed up this mountain. You carried all this stuff. How could you not be tired? And she said, I just heard things walking around the tent. I'm like, mm, yeah, that happens. <laughs> so, so is that why you wear the earplugs? So you don't hear... You don't hear the. Uh, I don't want to hear anything. Of, you don't hear anything. Okay. <laughs> when I'm yeah. sleeping, I always snuggle with my little stuffy coconut. She's about this tall and mm-hmm. about sick. Yeah, she has a little bear that she brings. So I have your plug. She a has a stuffed animal. Bear and um, he has a red bow tie. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's your gear? <laughs> so I was thinking about this, and um, I really like my sun gloves, my outdoor research sun gloves. And I think it's something that has really come on in the last five, 10 years. I know that when I started wearing them, it was kind of a weird thing to, to be wearing them, but you know, with hiking poles, your, your hands are up and, and getting so much sun exposure. And I think just more broadly, um, I tend to wear long sleeves and long pants, no matter where we are, even if it's hundred degrees out, Cause I just don't want to mess with the sunscreen or the bug juice. Mm-hmm. It's better for, you know, leave no trace and it just makes things easier for me. And I, I don't get uh, that affected when I'm hiking in, in really hot weather and, and have long sleeves on, don't have to worry about thorns or whatever. So yeah, I think sun gloves as a extension of kind of full coverage uh, clothing. Yeah, totally agree. I wear long pants and long sleeves when I'm out there. Don't, that's just, you know, you have to worry about very little sunscreen or bug spray. Uh, I did just finish, I think last week or two weeks ago uh, with the, the hands peeling from, from the trip in the Sierras. So yep, yep, yep. might have to get some of those. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, usually at this point, we kind of go into your background and origin story and kind of where you grew up, but I'm going to save that for the moment. And I want to, I want to ask some questions of Maggie specifically. So Maggie, I want to ask you, you know, do you like hiking and, and why do you like hiking? I do like hiking and I like it because you get to see pretty stuff and I like watching mommy swim in lakes and I sat on the coldest lake on the trip and I also named um, the little unnamed lake right next to Precipice Emerald because it was green when I saw it kind of emerald green and her birthstone is emerald that's very nice mine's which... is aquamarines and his is teal okay and which lake was the coldest what was the coldest lake 
um, precipice. Precipice. Precipice on the high high Sierra Trail. High Sierra Trail. Like yeah. The only one I sat on, and it was the coldest one. It's mm-hmm. a deep one. No shallow parts. Those are my favorite kind of lakes. The ones that go from rock to deep, and then you don't have to see any of the muck. So, yeah. And Jennifer, did you do a lot of swimming in lakes this last trip? I do. So I try to swim in every lake if we have time. Um, but I got a leech on my foot in Moraine Lake. Uh, first, I didn't really know those were a thing in the High Sierra. And now I do. And um, I will avoid warm, shallow lakes forever because it was unpleasant. But yeah, um, that kind of dampened my swimming so, spirit. But yeah, I do, yeah. I do swim a lot. So she like had a mosquito bite and then the leech bit into it more. Yeah. We don't really need to gross out the whole audience with my leech story, but anyway. Double whammy. Wow. (laughs) And Maggie, do you tell your friends about your hiking trips and what do they say? Oh, um, they were embarrassed about the giant pancakes. They were embarrassed about it or impressed? They wanted it. Uh, Jealous. Jealous. Yeah. Giant pancakes. Where, where were the that... giant pancakes? Oh yeah, tell them where the giant pancake was. At Whitney Point. Oh. And they're so big. I, I still. We think we still have some. In, in the freezer. Yeah. <laughs> we took them out. <laughs> you guys went the pancake route at Whitney Portal. I went the burger route. Burger and beverage. Yeah. Well, she, I, I told her about the pancakes because you know, like most backpackers, she thinks with her stomach. And I think on day one and every day thereafter on the High Sierra Trail, she was talking about how much she was looking forward to this gigantic pancake. So we had to deliver. We had to get it. Well, yeah. she's a true through hiker because that's what that's what through hikers talk about is food. I mean, that's, that's the number, food and bodily functions. Those are the two topics on the trail. Yep. Can you see it. my adorable pants? <laughs> I can't okay. see your adorable pants. But... Oh, nice. Are those yeah. pink with spots on them? No, no, they're shiny hearts. Shiny hearts. You want to call me your shirt says? It says hike your own hike. Perfect. True <laughs> through hiker. Yep. <laughs> Very good. Which Maggie, what's your or superhero? Sorry, superhero. What is your favorite place to hike so far? What's your favorite place? Um, my favorite place to hike so far um, is actually um, Relic Soup. Relic Soup. Yeah. Why is that your favorite? Because I just like it a lot. <laughs> Anything in particular about it? or just Well, there's something really funny. Actually, two things that were really funny. When we got to the top of Glen Pass, uh, Daddy was stirring um, hot chocolate with um, a toothbrush. <laughs> and I hope it wasn't with the brushy part of the toothbrush. <laughs> was it the handle end or the brush? Handle. Okay. Ooh, thank goodness. <laughs> then you would be eating hot chocolate um, the next time you brush your teeth. <laughs> Actually, probably chocolate milk. And then what was the other funny thing? And then Daddy overboiled it and it exploded all over the rock. Yeah, n- not my finest uh, LNT moment. We cleaned it up <laughs> as best we can, but if there's chocolate, uh, hot chocolate on Glen Pass. That's his fault. We yeah. know where it came from. <laughs> All right. Blame him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, let's uh, let's back up a little bit and let's talk about uh, you know your both of your backgrounds, where you where you grew up, and and what kinds of sports and hobbies you were involved in, and was the outdoor experience 
part of growing up for the, for the, the two of you, or was that something you guys came to later in life? So, so I'll start because my history is shorter and then okay. I'll get Maggie situated here. Um, I grew up doing outdoor activities, but not involving backpacking or hiking. Uh, our family was a big water skiing family and, and snow skiing and that type of stuff and car camping. But I don't think I ever went on a hike when I definitely did not know what backpacking even was when I was a kid. So uh, I, I did not get into it until I met Brandon and we met at UCLA. We can go through that whole story. But um, we, yeah, my first backpacking trip wasn't until I met him, but definitely outdoorsy and athletic, but just not in the backpacking sense. Oh, I like your story so far. You know, my, my son, Jukebox, who's an occasional host on, on this yeah. podcast, he went to UCLA and he met his fiance at UCLA. So the best place to meet people. That's yeah. right. That's right. And at school today, um, my friend Finn standed on my lap. Oh no! All right. Oh, wow. Can and we, it hurt us. Do you have anything else you want to say to Doc and everyone before you go do some other stuff while um, Daddy tells his story? Can I show you my medal? Yeah. What does that medal say? Oh, it says I High Sierra Trail. So when we got off the trail, the owner of hikermedals.com sent her a medal for her um, hike. So personalized medal. So a little plug plug for his cool medals. It's engraved. Anyway, can you say bye to Doc and everyone? Bye. Bye, superhero. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess I'm the one with the longer uh, history. Okay. (laughs) So. Um, my dad is, is very much, uh, a hiker and enjoyer of nature. And my mom is, um, very willing to go along with what, uh, he wants to do. <laughs> so, um, I don't remember a time in my life where I didn't know of John Muir and Yosemite and the Sierras and all that. In fact, there's a, a picture of me, um, teething on a, one of those backpacking harnesses, uh, when I was a couple months old uh, in Yosemite Valley. Um, so it, it started quite young for me. And um, I, I uh, you know, had access to the, I grew up in Southern California, mm-hmm. uh, had access to the Santa Monica Mountains. That They were basically in my backyard and I was in Boy Scouts and did a lot of that. Um, but the, the, the thing that really sealed it was uh, when I was 11, I went um, with my family and some other folks to uh, Admiralty Island in Alaska. So Admiralty Island is uh, located in Southeast Alaska in between Sitka and Juneau. And I believe that this is right. I think there are more grizzly bears on the island than humans. Um, There's just a small Clinket village there. And we did a eight uh, day canoe trip um, canoeing and portaging, camping and, and whatnot. And, uh, you know, just through pristine wilderness. And, and I think it's the, it, it ruined me for, you know, eating salmon and, and crab and blueberries. I mean, just all these things just fresh. And, uh, you know, it, it was, it was pretty much a religious experience. Um, it helps that one of the people there was a pastor, but it it really was, you know, going out and, and, uh, and I think that's probably as seminal of a, of a moment. Um, and I've always just, you know, loved it. Um, 
but I think that it really kind of kickstarted when I met Jennifer, she was a, uh, a runner, a cross country runner, and she blew out her knee, um, water in a water ski accident. And so I think that one thing that we could do together that didn't, um, hurt her knee, but still kind of fed her, her interest in going far and having a goal and that type of thing was backpacking. And so we started doing that pretty early in our relationship. And, um, we have done, you know, we, we've hiked all around the country in some cases, the world and, um, and now, uh, superheroes, uh, all about it. And she's dragging our, she drags uh, it though. I mean, really, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of grumbling about doing a long trip this summer. And she was like, what, what are we doing for a big summer trip? Which is what she calls whatever hike we do. And I was right. like, uh, I thought that was on pause, you know, COVID. <laughs> and she's like, no, we're going. So that's it's too cute. funny. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. Brandon, I have a few follow-up questions. Actually, for yeah. both of you, I have some follow-up questions. One right. is that, you know, when we grow up, our, our, we look up to our parents, and but there are moments where we say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this and I'm going to carry it forward, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to replicate that with my family. And there are some things you're like, I would never do this with my family. <laughs> I would never say something like that. I would never act that way. And so you kind of you learn what to do and what not to do just uh, as, as an example, but it's very clear to me that with you being in the, in the, the backpack harness at two months old, I mean, you, this is something that you said, I am going to, I'm going to carry this forward and have the same experience for my kids. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think that we, we all, um, you know, think back and, and, and say, Oh, I'm going to do this better, this better mm-hmm. in the end, you know, sometimes there's just things that are kind of built into your DNA, so to speak. And, um, a love for the outdoors was absolutely something that, um, you know, I grew up enjoying, um, Mm -hmm. not always backpacking. Um, but, um, you know, we, we didn't fly many places. It was always road trips to, you know, the Southwest or the Rockies or, you know, up to Canada or whatever. Um, that was a staple of, of me growing up. And, um, I remember going to Yosemite once when I was probably, I don't know, nine or 10, ended up uh, buying the six foot wide panoramic of Yosemite Valley and putting it up in my room. And it stayed in my room all the way until I moved out for college. Um, So that was the image I went to bed looking at every single night of my entire childhood. And the thing that I woke up to looking at. Um, so yeah, it, so, you soak that up into your soul <laughs> pretty much, pretty yeah. much. Never leave you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like you grew up with an awareness of trails out there and backpacking and, and the longer trails. I'm, I'm always curious to hear people's reactions of the moment when they realized there was something out there that was, you know, 200 miles long that you could hike, or even, you know, 2,600 miles long with the Pacific crest trail. So uh, Jennifer, I mean, when I know you, you didn't kind of grow up with that, but at some point you had to realize, <laughs> wait, you can, you can actually do this. And what was your, what was your thought process? You remember when that moment happened? I do. So, uh, uh Brandon always comes to me and says, I was thinking, or I had an idea and I always brace myself. Cause it's always, <laughs> I always say it's convoluted and complicated and involves spreadsheets. He's an engineer it's like a whole thing. And so he was telling me about the John Muir trail. Um, we were married at this point, but it was not that long into our marriage. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a terrible idea. Let's not <laughs> do that again. 
And I really don't like admitting this, but because um, it's cliche, but I read the book Wild. Um, I did, it was before it was well before the movie. So okay. let's not right. give Reese Witherspoon the credit. But um, I read the book and it was one of those kind of stubborn. If she could have hiked most of the PCT and she didn't know what she was doing, I can do that. And there was a lot that spoke to me about, you know, um, taking a break from the being connected and getting and just like finding yourself on the trail. And I promised this was a long time ago before it became the thing that everyone says. But, um, and so I went back to him and I said, yeah, you know, that John Muir trail thing that you were talking about, I think that's the part she skipped and wild because it was too snowy, but I'm more interested in hearing about it. And so then we started talking about it um, and got into it. Yeah. She was reading the book and I feel like there was a certain, the, the the portion of the book where you know she's ch- where she loses her her boots down the mountain right mm-hmm. and like every couple pages jennifer will stop and i don't know what I, I was probably watching tv or something and she's can you believe what this person did yeah. she, you know and she would recount you know some stupid thing and um so it was essentially stubbornness that i could do yeah, it better yeah that made us start back <laughs> which uh, it all worked out. I met Cheryl Strait at an REI book signing once. And I gave, I said, you know, I appreciate your story kind of inspired me. And uh, she was very gracious about it. And (laughs) she's, yeah, it's kind of cool to see how her story has kind of taken off and become such a big thing because it really was, you know, the story of someone who had no idea what they were doing and uh, really had no business being out there, but it's inspired a lot of people. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because I think that's that's part of the reason why I do the podcast. It, one, one is for me to keep connected to to the outdoor adventure mm-hmm. experience and talk to so many, you know, diverse and cool people out there who are doing just incredible things. And the other is to say, you know, l- look at what these people are doing and hear, hear where they started and and their background and, you know, their the adversity they had to face. And mm-hmm. if, if they can do it, we can all do this. Yeah. It's really true. We were listening to some of your episodes with people who got started during COVID. And I know that there's a lot of backlash against those types of, you know, overcrowding the trails and not following LNT, but it was really neat to hear how it clicked for them um, in a way that um, might not have happened had we not had the pandemic. So I thought that was cool. And it made me kind of take my snobby trailness a little bit down a notch by hearing their story because yeah, it was frustrating when you go out and the trails are packed because that was the only place to go. But now I'm like, wait a minute, that's actually um, pretty cool that everyone's out there. So I, I appreciate that, those stories. And, and you too, I have to thank you because one of the coolest things that happened out in the Sierras this, this past uh, summer is I was handing out some stickers for, for the John freaking Muir podcast for people's bear canisters. And I think when I came to you, I'm not sure if I had any stickers left or not, um, we were at the end, but I, 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 you know, I saw you guys marching along and I said, Oh, I need, I need to talk to these people. And so I told you that I had a podcast and one of the coolest things, one of the coolest moments was when Brendan says, Oh yeah, my, I'm sorry, Brandon or Brendan, Brandon, Brandon, sorry. Yep. Brandon, you have Brandon, to work on a trail name for me. Man. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Brandon said, Oh yeah, my wife listens to your podcast, which, yeah. you know, it's just, it, it, that was a, that was a moment. So thank you. Now, um, Jennifer, you said you grew up water skiing. I did. Yeah. You grew up in, in Southern California, Orange County. Yeah. Orange County. Okay. Where, where would you go water skiing? Lake Havasu. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. we were Colorado river people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were go out there a lot of times each summer and, uh, 
boat would break down, car would break down in the 118 degree weather. And, um, but we had a blast. I learned to ski when I was four, um, on, started on my dad's skis and I would climb up from his skis onto his shoulders and (laughs) ski around the lake, waving at everyone, just like attracting all this attention. And it's funny when we're out on the trail with Maggie, as you probably saw, everyone stops and talks to her and says, Oh my gosh, how old are you? How old are you? How old are you? And it just brought me back to water, my water skiing days when I was four. And people would say, how old is she? Cause I was always very tiny and they would think, you know, what's that baby doing water skiing? So it was cool. But yeah, that my outdoor activities was uh, a lot of water skiing. Okay. Very, very good. I also grew up water skiing. I oh, spent, some, spent some time at Havasu, spent a lot of time at Nascimento, which is a little yeah. further North Northern California. You live up near Castaic, don't you? I live Um, up by Castaic, yeah. Okay, Uh, well, I was on the UCLA water ski team, go Bruins, and Mm -hmm. uh, our practice lake is Castaic, so we were up there all the time. Okay, so for our listeners out there keeping keeping track of John Freaking Muir trivia or doc trivia, uh, he grew up water skiing, learned a short start uh, at Lake Nascimento. That, oh, was, yeah. that was a very fun experience. The first day was nothing but uh, fall on your face every oh, time. Yeah. Uh, but second day, just stepped right into it. It was awesome. So very, very, very impressive. Only the old school people know how to short start because That's now right. the skis, your feet are stuck in them so much that you can't even do it anymore. So. Yeah. For those people out there wondering, what, what do you mean short start with water skiing? So you, you stand in about a couple of feet of water. Yeah. You, you have one foot on the bottom and you've got the other foot, uh, your front foot in the ski. Uh, um, and you're kind of holding that foot up so that the ski is, is, you know, level with the water and you coil up about, you know, three, three or four coils of rope and you throw it in front of you and you say, hit it. And the boat takes off and you watch that, that rope uncoil real quickly yeah, and real quickly. in a very smooth fashion you, as the, the top, as the rope becomes taut, you step into the ski and away you go. Well, the first 40 times I tried that, it was, you know, <laughs> face first, face plant. Uh, but second day, I mastered it and it was, it was pretty fun. So it is fun. That's a real hallmark of a old school good skier is knowing how to short start. That's right. And we, all, we always had a boat. <laughs> My dad will laugh at this. The boat was working probably less than it wasn't working. And so, but for short starting, you need pretty that, good. That's a typical, go. that's a typical boat. Yeah. <laughs> But you you need it to really be able to hit it. And uh, a lot of times when my sister and I were learning, we didn't say hit it. The boat wouldn't hit it and uh, <laughs> dragged into the water. But um, it was I think it was all a good growth experience <laughs> growing up like that. Like we didn't have fancy stuff, but we were really good skiers. So it's nice. good for us. Now, let's go back just a second. I know you said that Brandon is an engineer. He is. Jennifer, what do you do? I'm an attorney. An attorney. Okay. Yes. Great ways. What give a, a specific uh, part of the law that you specialize? I do. In? I am an energy regulatory attorney, so I help energy projects from all kinds of solar and wind get per, uh, their federal permits that they need to operate. Okay, very good. I'm not sure if I can use you, but uh, it's good, <laughs> good to know. That's all right because it, when people message me on Facebook for legal advice, I just say that I can't help yeah. them. So yeah. it's actually great. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Now in, in prepping for the, for the trail, Brandon, uh, with your engineer's mind and spreadsheets, uh, tell me, did you have a, a specific approach, a special approach to planning the logistics for your trips? Yeah. So uh, as Jennifer says, I, I'm a planner. 
And I think half the the enjoyment of of these trips is you know doing the research and and you know uh, learning all you can. And I think uh, you know one thing that's you know important I think for anyone wherever you are on the spectrum, and I'm certainly on the spectrum, um, <laughs> is that you have to have a combination of of being prepared and being flexible. And I think that's especially true having uh, being with a kid, right? You know, because mm-hmm. you know, for for the rest of us, you know, I I think you have a thing about um, you know the trail doesn't uh, care, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, the kid does, mm-hmm. and where you know she and I, you know, if we're a little short and we need to go an extra five miles in the dark, we can handle that. That's not the case for you know when you're six. Yeah. And so it's a it's a combination of being prepared so that you can be flexible. Um, but yeah, I have extensive spreadsheets on, you know, all the the gear and all the consumables and how much it weighs and who's got what and whose packets going in. And, um, you know, I, I always did it for for even, you know, a, a two night or whatever, but it really kind of amped up when we did the John Muir trail in 2013. And so I've basically taken that all the work that I did there and, um, and I just kind of export into, you know, the high Sierra trail or the Ray Lakes loop or whatever it is that we happen to be doing, uh, coming up. And so she doesn't like any of that planning. She yeah. just wants to get and go and know that I've got it all, you know, uh, laid out. And so it's a, it's a nice combination between the two of us. Uh, yeah, I didn't, the high Sierra trail was a last minute change of plans because we were supposed to hike up near Tahoe and smoke and other things we didn't. So he, I said, if you figure out the logistics, I'll hike it. I didn't even look at a map. I didn't, honestly. That's I, true of the John Muir trail. Yeah. Too. You didn't even look <laughs> well, at I kind of understood that that went from Yosemite to Whitney. I, I didn't know what we were getting into. I mean, I'm, I figured I'm in shape. He's prepared we'll get it done. And so I honestly, until we were out on the trail, didn't really know what we were doing because I prefer it that way. I rather just, I'm game for anything, but I don't want to be in charge of planning any of it. So. Yeah. I have a feeling that if Brandon wasn't there and didn't do the planning that you would have, you would have done some planning, but, but knowing that he, that's his wheelhouse. I mean, you have the, you have the luxury of saying, yeah, I'm, I'm up for it. Let's go. We have our roles and you know, my role is, you know, on the trail, when you hike with people a lot, you, one person does the cooking, one person puts up the tent. We in the same way with the trip planning, like I'm, I'm mostly take care of playing the food, but as far as permits and route and everything and gear, that's him. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm thinking I'm with you, Brandon. I totally agree that, you know, at least half the fun is the the planning and the logistics and geeking out on, on all the prep. Oh, totally. And also, you know, there is a time and a place for spontaneity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I put it that way, but uh, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Got to be flexible out there sometimes. Yep. 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 All right. And uh, in terms of, of your gear, we we didn't talk about pack weights. I'd love to know kind of what, what are your base weights, including, you know, how much does, does a superhero carry? So this is the first time that she's carried anything. So um, when we did uh, the Ray Lakes loop, when she was four, it was just, you know, you hike. And then last year, when we um, went basically through uh, the Evolution Valley area of the John Muir Trail through uh, Lamarck Call and, and Paiute Pass and all that, um, we said, you don't have to carry anything, but we're going to ent- uh, introduce hiking poles. So she has my old hiking poles. 
And so this year we said, okay, hiking poles and backpack. And so she's carrying maybe five-ish pounds. It's basically, she's got a jacket and she's got her water and she's got the group's snacks for the day. So she starts heavy and it, you know, lightens up as we Mm -hmm. eat more trail mix. Um, Our base weights uh, for the two of us were in the kind of 15 to 18 pound range um, because it's, you know, our stuff plus, you know, Maggie's stuff. And we're, we're certainly not ultra lighters. We're, we're definitely on the, um, you know, keep, keep the six-year-old comfortable. (laughs) And so, I mean, we carry stuffed animals and I use a pillow and I mean, yeah, we're not ultralight. (laughs) We're not ultralight, but in the, but we're not, you know, carrying 60, 70 pounds either. We're probably, you know, fully loaded for the high Sierra trail. We were probably, you were probably in the high thirties and I was probably in the high forties. Yeah. Yeah, If you've got, if you've got a, a a toothbrush handle left to to stir your, your hot chocolate, you're not not ultralight. Yeah. That's that's an ounce and a half. We're not cutting off toothbrush handles. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And she picks up stuff. I mean, we're, we're very much telling her, leave it, you know, put this rock down, leave it. We don't carry things out of the trail with us, but we'll come to lunch and realize she has rocks in her backpack or something. And we're like, okay, (laughs) you got to put those down. You don't need to pick up extra weight along the way where she'll ask if she can carry like this huge stick. (laughs) No, (laughs) you cannot. But yeah, everything's more complicated and takes more time with a kid. Yeah, definitely. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back from the break, we're going to hear about some of the trips that you two have taken together. And then, you know, what, what are the complications of adding a child? And, and uh, you know, what kind of feedback have you received from family, friends, and, and the community out there? So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water. Using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. The John Freakin' Muirpod is sponsored by Outdoor Vitals, the ultralight backpacking gear company whose mission is to improve the mental, physical, and emotional health of mankind by facilitating impactful outdoor experiences. Outdoor Vitals creates innovative technical products with confidence inspiring education that empower outdoor ultralight adventurers. Their focus on performance enables you to live ultralight with gear you can actually be confident with. Whether you're looking for an ultralight sleep system, shelter, or pack, or if you're looking for top quality apparel for the trail, you can find it at Outdoor Vitals. Do yourself a favor. Live ultra light. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. 
So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your pod- podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. And welcome back. We're talking to Brandon and Jennifer, parents of Superhero, about uh, some of their experiences out there. Let's uh, let's talk about. And we heard from Brandon about uh, that that uh, transformative moment out there with the Alaska canoeing experience. Um, what what trips have you taken together as a, a couple before Superhero came along? I think we've done a lot. Uh, the JMT was the biggest one uh, mm-hmm. for our biggest backpacking trip. That was in 2013. Yeah. How long did that take you? We did 17 days. Mm-hmm. And um, that was my first. How many nights did I maybe t- a two nighter? I had only done two nighters before that. So that was okay. my first through hike and my first long one. And 17 then, days. That's a good, that's a good clip. Did you go northbound or southbound? Southbound. Okay. Yeah. We did. We had a good pace. No, yeah. I mean, that was a lucky year. It was moderate water and no fires. So these, these days, I feel like you can't even get through a through hike without some issue. And we just, it was a really good year. To yeah. Do we, we had, I mean, like you said, the water was at the right level. Uh, we had no bugs. The, the weather was almost perfect throughout yeah. and 2013. Um, I think a lot of, I think with wild coming out and with mile, mile and a half coming out and things like that, there, there was a huge spike in like the years immediately after us Mm -hmm. doing the JMT. Um, so we hit it at at a great time. Yeah. That was the year mile, mile and a half came out right before we left on the JMT. We went to their screening party at the cliff bar headquarters up here. Really? And it got like really amped to go to it. Um, and now they're just celebrating their 10 years. So it's been, yeah. Been a yeah. while, but we were, we were Kickstarter backers of theirs. So, <laughs> yeah. official fun fact: we we are named in, in the, the credits, credits of the movie. Yeah. But I think that documentary did for the JMT what Wild has done for the PCT. I mean, it's really just created a boom. So, yeah. I would agree wow. with that. I had a great time talking to Jason Fitzpatrick. Jason. Yeah, on the podcast here, we he ran into him in the valley once. We were uh, having breakfast. Yeah. Um, so and he's met superhero. Yeah. And I said, I think that guy's from my mile and a half. And Brandon's like, Jason, like they're best buds. And I'm so embarrassed because like, it's such a niche thing, like the through hiking community, but he's super gracious and really nice. So. Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so trips, uh, after that, we did the Inca trail in before Peru. Oh, before. Oh, wow. Yeah. Before yeah. I don't, my concept of time has kind of gone away with COVID. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, we did the Inca trail. Um, that was great in 2012. Yeah. That's really interesting because you can't do that trip without a guide, um, or porters. So it's a very different experience because they do everything for you. And, um, they, I mean, they carry the stuff, they set up the tents, they set up the toilets. So it was really different. Uh, that was my first introduction to altitude sickness because 
it's very high and you sleep high and the water isn't good. So I wasn't drinking very much because I mean, they do filter it and they do provide water, but it's not like leading up to the trip when you're traveling through Peru, it's not like you're just going to fill up your water bottle at the tap all the time. You have to buy bottled water and I wasn't hydrated. So I got pretty sick on that trip, but that kind of got me to understand altitude sickness, do more research on it. I took Diamox on the JMT after that. Cause I was just concerned about it. But mm-hmm. ever since then I've been fine for me, it's a hydration issue. I'm pretty okay, sure. So no further experiences with that. No, that was a one and done in Peru, but yeah. Um, and you mentioned and I, didn't, orders. I didn't realize it cause she's so tough. She just kind of, yeah. you know, <laughs> goes about and, and I think the, the, there's a time on day three or four, I had very much acclimated and I was like racing our guide, you know, you know, running yeah, upstairs you're not, you're and you're carrying a pack. So you're and, like going for it. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're just kind of like, no, nah, I'm just going to sit good. in the corner. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. that's very much not you, but yeah, it's very disorienting. I think you know, growing up as a backpacker and carrying everything yourself and, and taking a lot mm-hmm. of pride in that. And, and so basically the, the situation is they set up these big old tents, you know, like army tents, can't be big, big canvas tents. tents. No, no. <laughs> They're like hotels. And there's like chairs and tables and they cook your food and, and, you know, and then they clean it up and they bring like uh, water for you to wash your hands and, and whatnot. But then they pack it all up and, and most of the porters are like five foot four and wearing sandals that they made out of, you know, old tires. And they will pack up these mammoth backpacks. They're not even backpacks. And they will run they ahead run. over, you know, 13,000 foot passes and they will set up camp. And so, and you, you know, lazily lay behind with the, with the guide and, and then you do the hike. And then you pull into, you know, camp for lunch and they have the whole tent all set up. And the, the, the kicker is they line up and applaud as you come in and you're like, I should did be, nothing should, here. Should be the other way around, right? I know. Totally. I, it was yeah. actually, I felt very uncomfortable by the whole thing. Yeah. We're like very self-sufficient, independent backpackers. And I just felt I wanted to carry the stuff and I didn't want them cooking for me. I didn't want to carry that giant tent. Yeah. uh, (laughs) I wouldn't want to carry the toilet either, but um, it was a weird way to backpack. Wait a second. There was a toilet. Oh yeah. They had like a toilet with a tent over it. Yeah. Like Like a a toilet seat on the stand. Like those composting toilets. No, Uh, no, no deuce of spades on the Inca trail. No, no, it it was interesting. It was weird. Yeah. I mean, I understand why they do it. They want to, you know, increase their, tourism by having the their industry you know you have to support their industry by doing it and they also protect the environment by moderating the number of people uh but it was a different experience and so now when i see people uh in the sierra with the mule train and the mule train is carrying out the tent the you know the tent and the dining table and all that i'm like eh, that's not for me <laughs> <laughs> see i was gonna make a crack about the you know the use of porters and then i thought you know what i when we, when we cross paths that's right. We when the mule, mule train came by us, uh, rock with Creek the full size station. guitar, the yes. full size guitar, yeah. and the you know, yeah. And I was talking yeah. to I was talking to them as they were going by, and they're like, "Yeah, I, they've got uh, we've got dinner ready to go for these people. We've got yeah. steaks." I'm thinking it might it might not be a bad way to go. I don't know. I know. It's a different experience. It's different, right? yeah. Right. I I think that you know the backpacker in me wants to be a bit judgy, but. <laughs> But in the end, you know, I think it's, 
I, I think the ultimate goal is being able to get people out there yeah. and not everybody can, you know, schlep, you know, 30, 40, 50 pounds on their back, you know, 10, 15 miles a day or mm-hmm. whatever it is your pace is. And, you know, if it gets more people out there then you know, good for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you guys ever hear about the high trips by the Sierra club? Yeah. Yeah. I have not I, done that though. I have an episode. I have an episode devoted to the, the high trips by the Sierra club and just talk about its origin and the fact that, you know, back in the, in the, in the twenties, they were, they were doing these excursions for three, four weeks at a time out there with people who, you know, had no idea about the outdoors and, yeah. and you know, trying to like, like exactly like you said, Brandon, trying to get more people out there and exposed to it and uh, experience the, the great outdoors. Yep. Yep. And I reached out to Rock Creek Pack Station when we got back and I, I, I left a message. Uh, I, I think I sent something maybe as, through social media saying that I'd love to have somebody come out, come on the podcast and talk about, you know, that way of doing the I think you should. Yeah. It's, an, it's, another, it's a completely it's, different experience. I also think it's misunderstood too. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the JMT pages, there's a lot of grumbling about the mules and, and the full pack station concept, but you know, that trail was built for pack mm-hmm. trains and because of pack trains. And so I think they have a place there too, but I think people get tired of pulling off to the side and the poop and you know, all that. So well, let's not uh, pretend that we don't uh, grumble about oh, yeah, all, I that, mean, all that sure, too. <laughs> we do, but I actually think that's a good idea to talk to them and, and get their side and insight of it. Um, I think they have a tough job because a lot of people that encounter them don't know what to do yeah. um, and can get themselves in a lot of trouble. Like we're very cautious with Maggie because the mule train, the person who comes first on the horse will usually direct you exactly where to go and what to do. And Maggie's so small and, you know, can easily not be seen by these big animals mm-hmm. or the person riding the animal. So we try to yeah. just get really far away, but I know that they run into experiences where people don't, yield to them or you know mm-hmm. yeah so yeah we- and there was there was this bubbly woman at the the front of uh one of those those mule trains yeah. there and i i'm kicking myself because i didn't ask her her name or tell her that i had a podcast or anything so <laughs> you know she would have been the perfect spokesperson for for she rock, been. rock creek yeah but we'll see if they get back to get me. out there uh again soon <laughs> yeah right yeah. right just, just sit on the jmt i'm sure you'll find a mule train in a couple minutes <laughs> yeah i'm gonna wait I'm gonna wait let's see yeah one of the things I complained about at the end of the John Muir trail, you know, as I did the final night on the trail with uh, buddy and chopper and we did our, our thoughts on camera, you know, one of the points I brought up was, you know, where does all the poop come from? I've never, I've never seen a horse out here or a mule in this last trip. I saw, I saw quite a few, but it was like, you know, where does this stuff come from? (laughs) There's a ton. And for at the beginning of the Ray Lakes loop, when Maggie was four, she was trying to step around every piece of it. And I was like, look, (laughs) we got miles to cover you gotta walk like i mean she would just go like way around everything and you know it's all over the trail (laughs) and yeah and she was covering her nose and it's like get over it it's not getting any better just do it and now she's fine with it but it was pretty funny (laughs) so let's talk about that a little bit when when did you decide to add superhero to the uh, to the equation and I, you talked a little bit about how you kind of transitioned her in but you know talk, tell talk walk us through that a little bit so um so i proposed to jennifer at the top of san Jacinto, and i think that was your second backpacking yeah. trip ever yeah and basically the strategy was that um you know i have the car keys and the food and the water and so you know i i've 
you know, she's going to say yes. Right. Smart. <laughs> no, it was actually something that I had done in boy scouts and, um, proposed on the trail. Yeah. That's yeah. That, it, that is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> that trip. I, I had done that trip. And so I, I knew how spectacular it was. And especially for someone who wasn't experienced, um, you know, people can hate on me for taking the tram, but it's a, it's a, you know, high bang for the buck type of, uh, yeah. experience for someone on their second trip. Um, and so basically, uh, 10 years later, we took Maggie up there, um, superhero <laughs> when, uh, she was, I think 15, 16 months and I just carried her the entire way. Um, but, uh, sleeping in a two person backpacking tent, uh, with a, uh, 15 month old is, <laughs> is an experience for any parent. Um, you can try it if you like. Um, but basically, uh, every year we set kind of these goals for the family and it's it not, has a spreadsheet by the way there are you know it's all calculated for you um but a lot of it is you know i think that we found in our marriage that you know you have a weekend and if there's nothing on the calendar it's very easy to sit around and and just kind of you know sit and watch a football game or you know do the same old thing and we have found that if you make, if you set goals, um, it gives you that little motivation to go out and do something that you're intending to do anyway. Um, so, in uh, the first couple of years of you know Maggie being around, uh, some of our goals were to hike a certain number of miles. And so, when she was one, uh, we hiked I think 130 miles or something like that with her. And so we're carrying her the entire time, right? And all day hikes. And then the next year we did, you know, 130 some odd. And she uh, would start walking more of it. Right. And, you know, it was just some a way for us to spend time as a family, get some exercise, get some fresh air. She, you know, was always so stimulated by, you know, wind blowing in the face or the bird or the tree or whatever. And it was a way for us to, you know, put down the phones and have some dedicated family time. And I think she kind of um, was attached to that energy of how excited we were to do it. And so she wanted to do it more and started uh, hiking. And so we, you know, did a few other things, but the, the, the big one for backpacking um, there's a, a peak, I think it's part of the six pack of peaks out here, uh, mission peak. And uh, oh, that's right. Well, in San Jose. Where, is where, where is it? San Fremont. Jose? Fremont. Yeah. Okay. We, have, we have a mission peak out here in Santa Cria, so it's different. Yeah, different one. Uh, yeah. The, the one out here. And it's like eight mile round trip, and it's probably 2,500 feet of elevation gain, mm -hmm. something like that. And she was just a little over three, or sorry, over four. Yeah. And so she, you know, at that time, she would hike a little bit, and then she, I'd carry her a little bit and back and forth. And we did this, this day hike and at no point did she want to get in the backpack and she went all the way up and all the way down. And we're thinking on a day hike, she just did a lot of elevation and eight miles. Like, I think she's ready. And so that's when we did the Ray Lakes loop. And we didn't know what to expect for that. So Ray Lakes loop is 42 miles and includes Glen pass, which is 12 something it's about 12 uh and 12. we didn't know what to expect because we were not we weren't bringing a kid carrier um but we had like a backup kind of emergency carrier just in case for water crossings or whatever and 
we didn't, I thought we'd end up carrying her a lot or I don't know, or she'd just sit in the middle of the trail and refuse to go because it's fun to do one day hike. But then when you got to get up the next morning and do it again, um, but she just powered through that thing. We finished it a day early um, because she was just going. And that's when she got her trail name because she was just like motoring up Glen Pass. We got to the top and Glen Pass is one of the passes on the JMT that people think is the hardest, by the way. And it's she gets steep. to the top and I say, what'd you think? And she goes, that was easy. That wasn't that hard. <laughs> that wasn't that hard. <laughs> That's what she said about Whitney this morning yeah. to me. Yeah. Was wow. And so we thought, okay, maybe there's something to this where she can handle this. And uh, that was like the light bulb moment for me anyway, because I was real skeptical and I, I'm very wary of pushing her too hard or, you know, making her hate it. Cause the last thing we want is for her to resent it and not want to go out anymore. So, yeah. but like we said, she drives the, she drives it. Yeah. We're, we're, we, we try as much as any parent tries and, and, you know, I think a lot of parents can say this and, and don't do a great job of it. We try not to push her to, to kind of fulfill the dreams of her parents. You yeah. know, I think it's, you know, she's the one who's, who's, suggesting that we go for a hike and it's always you know she wants the big mountain i think mostly because she knows that's where the really good snacks are yeah. <laughs> um that's where you can but, find the twinkies and the ding dongs yeah that's yeah. right exactly but i think it just snowballed from that trip and once yeah. we knew that she could do the ray lakes loop we were supposed to the next summer we were supposed to hike uh, to Muir trail ranch and to meet some friends to meet and... some friends and uh it was closed for covid so we ended up doing a loop through Evolution Valley, which included Lamarck Call, which is 12 9, right? Uh, and off trail. 13 8. I don't 13, know. I blocked it out. And off trail. It's off trail. And she was five at the time. And some of those boulders that she's going over were twice as big as she was. So Brandon would like pick her up, put her on, she'd go to the next one. I mean, it was pretty crazy. She and she loved it. that. I would never, I never want to go back there again. Slow going. I like a moderate trail. You know, I don't mind climbing, but I hate talus. I don't like big boulder hopping. Uh, It's just slow. And she loved it. She really loved that. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. High Sierra trail this summer was the next natural progression, I guess. Yeah. Okay. What, uh, what kind of feedback have you gotten from from friends, relatives, uh, the hiking community out there that, that have encountered her. I mean, I, I did talk with, um, Oh, I forget the name of the family. Uh, family went on the AT with, yeah. with six kids. I'm yeah. drawing a blank. I apologize to them right now, but they had, they have kids that were, I think from age 16, all the way down to two. Yeah. And they had people calling, uh, child protective yeah. services on them that. yeah yeah crazy and yeah. so have you is it mostly positive have you encountered any negative it's a mixed bag and i would say so for our family 100 has been supportive as long as we have a working gps communicator uh our first couple trips we used to i don't want to bash them but we used a spot device and it didn't work several of the nights and that leads to very nervous grandparents understandably <laughs> And uh, after that, we upgraded to an inReach. And as long as they can get a hold of us and know our progress, I think they have been 100% supportive and very proud of her. Uh, so family's been great. They're great shuttle service. Oh yeah, the they they take us. You know, <laughs> if we need rides and 
my dad drove us home from the JMT and his parents just did the high Sierra trail drive from Sequoia to Whitney. So they're great. Um, it was Ben Crawford, by the way, Ben Crawford and his That's wife, right. Cammy and their, okay. their six kids. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that episode. And I can't believe they got CPS called on them, yeah. but I, I guess for the larger community, I don't think that most of the people that we interact with understand what we do. Um, they, I, you know, a lot of people don't even know what backpacking is. They just know car camping. And so they think that we are driving her out to the Sierra and we just car camp. So I don't think they really understand it. So Brandon has made several movies uh, for after each one of our trips. He makes like a small YouTube video. Yeah, your uh, latest one is awesome, Brandon. That was, oh, that was yeah. fantastic. And that's the only when friends and family watch those, they say, oh, I didn't know you were sleeping outside or <laughs> I had no idea she was doing 10 miles a day. So we haven't gotten a lot of negative feedback, mostly because they don't get it. I'm sure once they see it and they see that she did 16 miles in a day, including Whitney, they're probably grumbling about it. And uh, now, Brandon, I don't blame them. Brandon, your approach probably isn't the same as mine because after I get back from a trip and I go to a family function and people see me coming, they immediately avert their eyes. They, they uh, walk away in the other direction. Cause they know, Oh, this guy's going to come talk to us about hiking and, and his last trip. And he's going to ask if he wants to, if, if, if we want to watch his YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm, I'm used to it. You know, I'm an engineer scientist. And so, uh, you know, people are very polite at cocktail parties and ask, you know, what do you do? And usually I don't answer with what the answer I, I say, are you being polite or do you really want to yeah. know? Because I could get real nerdy real fast. And then they, and they glaze over. Right. Yep. Yeah. But we do have several friends that, um, you know, we've, we've certainly converted um, to the, to kind of the adventure backpacking uh, uh, world and have become almost as obsessive about it as, as we are. And, and so we can nerd out with, you know, on any number of details with them and it's, it's fun. But, um, you know, I think among our friends, um, superhero is older than, than most of our friends, kids. And so they're not at a place where they're doing these types of things yet. And so for people who get it, you know, they're, they seem to be, uh, at least feign, uh, interest and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and seem to be pretty impressed, but we haven't received a whole lot of pushback. I think, um, partially we don't really put it out there that much, Yeah. you know, um, you know, all of our social is all private pretty much. And, mm -hmm. and I, I make these videos much more for Maggie than anything like, that's hard work on mom and dad. And I want her to remember it. Yeah. And it also is this point of pride for her. So they're much more home videos than, yeah. you know, trying to become, you know, the next YouTube sensation. Yeah. yeah. We actually, it, this last trip, she got a lot of attention from people that happened to be out there. I mean, a lot of people asking how old are you? And because on a lot of trips, you're close enough to, you know, the car that they probably think she's day hiking or it's not that impressive. But when you're on Whitney, there's no easy way to get there. Right. And so she got a ton of attention that day. And then we can get into this, too. But uh, there was a quadriplegic filming a documentary about his hike that summited at the same time. And I think so, you're having Jack on <laughs> yeah. just had yeah. him on. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he comes on the, uh, he was on, if, if, when people are listening to this, he was on last week. And okay. I, wanted so to we, thank you, I wanted to thank you for kind of putting me in touch with him because it, if it wasn't for your social media posts and, 
his comments and and me understanding what happened there and reaching out to him, that wouldn't have happened. Oh, I'm glad it worked out. But so we were on the summit at the same time and they were filming a documentary and it just generated a lot of interest among the people on the summit. So we exchanged social media and then it sort of snowballed and took on a life of its own where this uh, other couple uh, women that were hiking or prolific through hiker Instagrammers and they started posting about her. And so anyway, we, kind of re- somewhat reluctantly created a public Instagram account for superheroes adventures because people want to know about it. Like they're mm-hmm. very interested in it. And so um, we could get, start getting feedback, negative feedback, I guess, but yeah. most of the time people have been. It's the internet. That's what the they internet. do. Yeah. That's don't right. read the comments. <laughs> um, but people are almost urging for more superhero content. I mean, it sounds stupid, but she's kind of become like a little rock star. And the funny thing is, is we were going through Crabtree Meadow toward Mount Whitney and every single person was, how old are you? How old are you? And so she's so I'm six, I'm six. And like, you know, just tell, just saying the same thing over and over and over again. And she said, mommy, I don't want to get too famous. And I said, Oh, I don't think you will. Um, they don't actually know who you are. They just, think it's cool that you're on the trail and she goes if I was too famous I would have to like do all these reports and be on tv all the time and I just don't think I want to do that and so <laughs> I I promised her that she wouldn't be too famous but that's, that's yeah. awesome that's yeah. awesome she's well on her way to being a wilderness <laughs> social media influencer yeah <laughs> yeah we'll take some uh, free gear if any of the companies out there want to pass it our way but I'll do some sponsor posts but no I'm kidding <laughs> That's definitely not, not our thing, but there you go. I mean, she's, she's going to be, and she's growing up. I mean, so her size is changing. You're going to need new gear all the time. <laughs> yeah. we, we do, but there. again, you know, that's half the fun, right? To research right. the gear and, and, and buy new stuff. Cause you know, I, I think one, one thing that I tell parents a lot is that think about how excited you as, you know, an adult hiker uh, get when you have really good gear right? You get excited and it helps you perform better. And then a lot of times you see kids and they're like in some plastic shoes and, you know, cotton and all the things that we would never do. Yeah. Like if you're going to make this little person do all this hiking, like get them some good stuff. Well, you got to set them up for success. Like don't send them out there in like jelly sandals and whatever and expect them to have a good trip. So that that almost sounds like a pro tip. We're not there yet. Yeah. Okay. But they, yeah. they grow out of it, That's a pro tip. which means, you know, it's like, you don't want to buy it new, but it also means you can get great deals used. Mm-hmm. So That's it right. can be done. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So what is next for the Bruffs and superhero? What, what are the next adventures? I have a spreadsheet. You want to see it? <laughs> <laughs> he always keeps a running list. Uh, he actually thinks that she is going to ask to do the JMT. Well, she's, well, she, she already wants, she to asked it. to yeah. do, she asked to yo-yo the PCT. And <laughs> yeah. so you, you better find a friend to do that. for Yeah. You. <laughs> she's going to be asking to do the JMT in the next couple of years, but we're going to have to get her pack weight up because we're going to have to get ours down to, to carry that. But um, I would say uh, we're going to do what section of the PCT is that? Okay. Section K, which is Echo Lakes to Donner Summit. Um, that was actually the trip that we were supposed to do this summer, but fires mm-hmm. made that impossible. And it's actually not looking great for that area right now. Um, it's all on fire. But if that's good next summer, I think that would be our um, next section of the PCT that we'd 
Yep. Tackle. So and are you guys section hiking the PCT? Not officially. Uh, we're just uh, doing very little. I don't want to put any anything out <laughs> she there. She doesn't want to commit. You don't, want to, speak it, you don't want to speak it into existence? No, because it'll end up on a spreadsheet and then I'll feel like I have to do it. So uh, <laughs> we're just very little. We're Yeah. Uh, we both have very full-time jobs and yeah. uh, can't live in a van and travel the world hiking. So we're going to keep our section hiking goals like real small. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, one thing I'm working on her uh, is to uh, start entering the lottery for the Wonderland trail. Oh yeah. Cause I think that would be uh, something that she could probably handle. And, you know, I think the average is something like three attempts before you actually get a a decent permit. So I figure, you know, we can start entering that, uh, that lottery. So those are two things that are kind of on the radar at the moment. Yeah. And I've heard lots of great things about the Wonderland trail. We do have too. And most of our backpacking experience has been in California. So there's a lot of places out there yeah. that I'd like to do. And once we get through COVID, I mean, I, we, I mentioned before we went, did part of the tour de Mont Blanc when she was three, mm -hmm. I'd love to get back to Europe and do more trips in Europe. They know how to do it. They have hut to hut hiking with uh, wine and cheese and, with, and hot with, chocolate and with pubs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they really do it right. So I want to go back to Europe and hike, but we got to get through pandemic first. Yeah. So. We have some real good friends that live um, in the mountains uh, uh, above Denver. And so I think, you know, doing some more Rocky Mountain stuff would be good, too. Yeah, I'd like to get her doing some of the 14ers. We see a lot of kids doing them and. I think that would be, she would like that. She loved being on top of Whitney. Yeah. yeah. Loved it. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. You guys ready for a top five list? Sure. Fire away. Right. Top five. Are, are, do we get to be on a team or are we or doing is it five independently? Each? It, uh, it's going to be together because it's okay. about superhero. Top okay. five moments on the trail with superhero. Oh, moments. Moments that kind of struck your fancy or you look back on it and say, oh, that was just, that was an epic moment. All right. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, the, the, every single time, you know, there's a kind of endpoint to either, you know, summiting, uh, you know, a mountain or a pass or, or getting to the end. Mm -hmm. um, those are always special. You know, Jennifer mentioned, you know, when she got to the top of Glen Pass, she goes, that wasn't that hard. Um, <laughs> but one thing that's becoming, uh, a tradition is she does this jumping high five thing at the end of every uh, trail. And so it's something that, you know, I get to enjoy because I'm almost always on the camera. <laughs> and so uh, Jennifer, I get to hand the camera off and it's kind of the official end of the hike. You know, so any of those kind of jumping high fives and she knows that that's the thing we do. And, and so that's always kind of a father daughter thing that uh, I enjoy. Uh, another thing that we do, Maggie and I do, we find a lake and we do mermaid hair, which is mm. where you flip your head forward, get your hair soaked and then flip it back. And he takes a picture as your hair is kind of flying with the thing through the, the water with the droplets coming off of you. And so she looks forward to doing the jumping high five with daddy and the mermaid hair with mommy. So that's become a, a thing. Um, and you want to do the third one? <laughs> So a, a big one, and this is a trip we haven't talked about, um, when she was three, we did a one-nighter uh, in um, Lake Aloha, which is right next to um, Echo Lakes uh, in Tahoe. Okay. And um, 
this was, uh, I think it's seven miles each way, something like that. And so she hiked, I think four miles and then we carried her for three and, and, uh, went out just for the, the one night. And, um, we were, you know, brushing teeth and kind of doing the whole bedtime routine. And, you know, I start to see, you know, this, we're going to have a great star night. Right. But still twilight. And I, I tell her like, just wait, we're going to see some stars. And, and I, I, we go into the tent and we tell stories, sing songs, whatever it is that we do. And we waited for it to get real dark. And I, I pulled her out of the tent, had her close her eyes, sat her on uh, a rock and we laid down and just, you know, the, the whole Milky Way just opened up. And, and um, from that moment on, she has been absolutely obsessed with space. And so I feel like every kid has their thing that they can name every single dinosaur, right. every single whatever. For her, it's space. And so she can tell you all about, you know, the moons of Jupiter and, you know, all sorts of random space stuff. Um, and, and again, as a scientist engineer, you know, I, I get to geek out on, you know, her understanding, you know, the concept of gravity and, and, you know, all sorts of things. Um, so I think, you know, one, one fun thing for me is being able to see uh, how it has led to other interests how backpacking has led to other the next one is summiting mount whitney right after jack the quadriplegic um everyone was crying i was crying i mean it was just such a cool moment there was also a guy up there doing his 50th mount whitney summit um it was just such a neat time on the on the summit and one of those like trail magic times and i have to cheat and tie in because you guys are involved in this um, that day we started at four 30 in the morning. It was dark. We were coming up from guitar Lake up to trail crest. And we were, when you're hiking with in the dark with headlamps, you don't really know how much farther you have to go. So you just go and you go and we were, we were cranking it. I mean, we were moving. Yeah. And so, but the sun started to rise and I knew, cause I had done it before that we weren't at trail crest yet. And I was, Oh, I'm really tired. I'm really breathing hard. And I didn't want to discourage Maggie. So trying to be super positive, but I was feeling it. And we come around the corner and there's a row of tents up there right below trail crest. I was like, who slept up there? And we hear, Hey, superhero, you can do it. And the round of applause from your group. And I just stopped in my tracks, grabbed out my phone to record it because it's one of those trail magic kind of moments where you're just like, that is so cool. Not only that you guys remembered us and, you know, did that, but like, we thought you, I didn't know where you had gone. Once, once you pass people on the trail, you don't think you ever see them again. And so then it just like came back full circle. And yeah, that was, that was one of the most touching things that's ever happened in my life, but yeah, on the trail. And as a addendum, you guys uh, unknowingly, gave her the trail name superhero the second time all right we'll make that number five yeah sure okay so So, getting renamed superhero by your group without knowing that that was her trail name so perfect so cool yeah (laughs) yeah fantastic all right hey guys you know where we are where are where are we we are at that type of time of the episode where i turn to you and ask you for your pro tip insight of the week 
What little nugget of wisdom can you share with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better? And it, I, I am game for one pro tip from each of you. Do you want to go first? Do you have one? Go, you go first. So I'm <laughs> trying to narrow it down. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> so I, I think, you know, a lot of what we're talking about is, you know, hiking with kids. So I'll, I'll be specific uh, to that. Okay. I think the, the tip I would give for really anything with kids doing something new, but, you know, specifically with backpacking is painting a positive image of what they're about to do. I think so much about a kid's reluctance is fear and not necessarily the physical challenge, but it's fear of the unknown. So, you know, talking to them in, in very excited, positive terms, and then showing them often on YouTube or whatever, other people doing it. And it really lowers the, the barrier mm -hmm. uh, for kids about anything. And we, we've done this with backpacking, but with skiing or with, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. So I would say be positive and show them, you know, give them uh, a way to visualize themselves doing it in a excited, positive way. Yeah. It sounds weird to say it this way, but uh, big physical activities have such a mental aspect to them. I mean, you, you have to have the right mindset. Um, your expectations are everything on how well you perform out there. So that's a fantastic pro tip. Thank you, Brandon. And I'm going to tie mine back to the pro tip I was started to give earlier, which is invest in good gear for the whole family. And I don't saying that it has to be expensive gear, but it has to be tailored to the activity. Uh, he, I don't know if he mentioned that he hiked in Alaska in gardening boots. Oh yeah. I, I missed that detail because they didn't know any better. Well, that's what we were told. And it to really do. sets you up. I mean, you're going to have a great trip or you're going to have a terrible trip. Gardening boots are in the terrible trip. And I, for kids, people think they don't need the good gear. They grow out of it too fast, but man, if you put a kid out there in plastic Paw Patrol shoes, they're going to be hating life. And so there's a ton of great used kid outdoor gear sites on Facebook and the like, um, because kids grow out of things so fast, they just hand them down. And there's, there's hand-me-down groups in the through hiking community for kids, um, where you can really get some good stuff. So invest in good gear. It can be used. It can be, you know, we were big, um, REI attic sale, garage sale shoppers. That's where we got her, the hiking backpack that we carried her hundreds of miles in. Um, so you don't always have to spend a lot of money, but you need to get the right gear for what you're about to approach. So true. So important. So there you have it. That's it. This episode is just about in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with the Bruffs. And I want to thank them for joining us this week. Guys, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? So as we mentioned, we have a new Instagram account. It is Adventure Family 3, the number three. And I believe that is also the name of our YouTube page. And there's a link to our YouTube page on our Instagram account. So that's Adventure Family 3. And that is where you can keep up with Superhero. All right. I'm going to follow that account as soon as we're done here. Yeah. <laughs> Remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, I say TikTok reluctantly because my daughter got me on that. Uh, <laughs> and if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakamira at gmail.com. Guys, I'm also looking to you to share your recommendation for some kind of adventure media. 
some kind of book, movie, documentary, something that's going to keep our listeners connected to the outdoor adventure experience. What do you have for us? You want to go? Um, so I'll, I'll give you one um, for adults and one for kids. Okay. Um, so a book that I loved right before we did the Inca Trail um, was Turn Right at Machu Picchu. And it's basically told in three different ways. One is kind of the history of the building of Machu Picchu. The second is the discovery of it. And the third is kind of uh, real time. And I love, obviously I like research. Uh, I love learning about a place right before I go to it. And so I, I thought that was so cool. And so I thought that's probably one you haven't heard. Uh, recommended. Not. That's great. Yeah. Very good. We'll have to, we'll have then, to update our website to include that recommendation. Very there good. you go. And then for kids, um, there's lots of really good outdoors uh, books uh, for kids at REI and other places. But uh, one that we recently uh, picked up was The Boy Who Spoke to the Earth. And it's beautiful. And it's really, really cool. And it's fun to, to read with superhero. Nice. Okay. And I <laughs> probably offend half your guests and your listeners, but I'm... Kind of, I hear it coming. I, I really am anti the new trend of anyone who steps on the trail writes a book about how they found themselves. And so, <laughs> um, I read them all like 10 years ago, the ones that existed. And then if I'm going to read one now, it has to be something really unique and really different because I really just, how many times can you read about my life wasn't going the way I wanted it to. So I stepped out on the AT headed north and I didn't know what I was doing. And now it's a I, metaphor I, for, I know. And now I'm, uh-huh. I'm, I found myself. Okay. Sorry, everyone that wrote that book that has been on this podcast, <laughs> but <laughs> you I get a lot of thumbs down. Yeah. Sorry stuff. about Heather Anderson, Anish, who the mm-hmm. FKP from the PCT. I saw that her AT book is on your list of recommendations, but I think thirst her PCT book is so fascinating because just the physical transformation that she goes through hiking as many miles as she does um, and trying to set the FKT is really sets her apart from all the feel good. Like I found myself because she is just kicking butt every day. Yeah. I mean, so it, that was super fascinating for me. Uh, she's uh, she and um, another ultra marathoner, Rory Bossio are some of our kind of idols in the, community. And so, um, I really look up to her and respect her. And, um, I don't count her in the group of people who <laughs> wrote a book after hiking for five minutes. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that's the one. It's called thirst. Jennifer, I thought you were going a different direction. I thought you were going to say wild. No, I wild can't. is good too. I mean, well, I got to give her credit because she, she inspired me, but it's really gotten pretty cliche to yeah. say that. So okay. <laughs> you lose some cred when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> and before we wrap things up, I've got one more segment for you called, what have I not asked you that you're dying to tell me about? What did I miss? I know one for you. What? So when we did the John Muir trail, um, you know, Jennifer was not that experienced at the time, you know, the, uh, you know, earplugs and all that. And so one thing that we did to make her feel a little bit more secure was, uh, I think we got in like the Walmart baby section, this little monkey and she named it and you'll appreciate this. Yeah. I named it crazy legs mirror. 
Oh, okay. So it evolved, it's a little monkey named Crazy Legs Muir. And it's named Crazy Legs Muir because we also call John Muir MFJM as in mother effing JM <laughs> because he's just a really weird dude and like <laughs> climbs to the top of trees in thunderstorms. And so we refer to him as MFJM with our friends. And then I had crazy legs. And then when he came by on the trail and said, that guy has the John freaking Muir pod, I was like, I know that because <laughs> kind of all ties back together to our, which is what, you know, our reference to him. So that's funny. Yeah. yeah. So, MFJM in our household. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. You know, that was a, something that was heard on the, the trail back in 2015 when Chopper and Buddy were at, and I were out there. Uh, we we're climbing up some, I think it was maybe Mather Pass and Chopper said, you know, John Muir, John Muir was an a-hole. Yeah. Uh, basically blaming the trail and the, and the toughness of the trail on him. Mather will make you do that. Yeah. That's oh, a yeah. long, oh, yeah. steep one. Yeah. Well, that's another reason we were like, yeah, F that guy. Because like, <laughs> why, why did he think this was a good idea? Yeah. No, that, that's so funny because that's what we, that's what we refer to him to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's a wrap from the John Freaking Muir studio. Any shout outs to friends and family guys? We do. We want to thank our parents, the grandparents of superhero for all the logistical help and getting a kid out into the wilderness and back and also being so supportive. I know it's probably very scary to have your children and grandchildren out there, but they're very supportive. Kami and Amy were our original backpacking friends and um, really got us into it. And they have a little girl that they're going to start getting out there with. So we have a family to hike with. And Maggie mentioned, Superhero mentioned them several times in her little appearance. She kept talking about Matt and Maggie. They were two hikers on the High Sierra Trail that we met. um, And they not only invited us to share their campsite, but they played chess with Maggie on a bear canister um, one night after dinner. And that really left an impression. So shout out to Matt and Maggie, a brother and sister pair from Southern California. Yep, yep. Do you have anyone else? Yeah, I think just in, in general, just all the people who have been so kind uh, to superhero over the years, because, you know, she, she does draw a crowd and uh, people are really generous with their time and their comments. And, and that's so encouraging for her. And, um, and yeah, and just kind of to all the parents of, with little superheroes of their own, you know, shout out to all you guys as you go on your own life discovery journey. (laughs) Just don't write a book because I'm not reading it. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite it doesn't even care if you're six years old and it's 4 30 a.m and your parents are telling you it's time to start that hike up to mount whitney the trail is the trail embrace the suck